Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. As always, this is our weekly waiver wire look. We're at week 14, so your fantasy football playoffs are probably starting either this week or next week. We are we are getting up to it. Uh, of course, the playoffs have already started in the FFPC and some of the other high stakes leagues. Uh, obviously, waivers are going to keep running in you know your ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, uh, all, all of those leagues. So of course, we're going to keep the waiver wire content coming. Last week was a huge week on the waiver wire. Not so much this week. We, of course, are going to go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Let's get to it. Starting at quarterback, I mean, honestly, the biggest problem you'd have to be solving right now is if you've been holding on to Deshaun Watson. He looked horrible last week, looked stiff, just kind of looked like he forgot how to play quarterback. I, I would not be starting him this week. I have him on one FFPC main event team. I'm starting Jared Goff instead of him. I would honestly maybe even consider t- starting Tyler Huntley over him. So Lamar got ruled out almost immediately with that knee injury last week. Huntley came in, didn't play particularly well, uh, only uh, did run 10 times for 41 yards, threw 32 times, no touchdowns, one interception. And Huntley did have some pretty good starts last season, uh, ran for over 70 yards multiple times, ran for two touchdowns against Green Bay. Um, funnily enough, did actually get a start against Pittsburgh, went 16 to 31, 141 yards, 12 rushes for 72 yards in that game. You're not feeling that great about him. He's a good $1 pickup. Ryan Tannehill is just pretty much your middle-of-the-road fantasy starter. You're kind of hoping Traylon Burks is able to come back soon. Then we have Mike White and Brock Purdy. Obviously, both of them need to be owned in two quarterback and super flex leagues. Probably the best thing you can say about Mike White is that the Jets are playing way up in pace with him at quarterback, and maybe they wanted to play way up in pace regardless. They were throwing a shit ton of passes with Joe Flacco. They threw 51 passes last week uh, against Minnesota. And, you know, maybe they always wanted to, and Zach Wilson just was not good enough uh, to do that. Mike White ran for a touchdown last week, didn't throw for a touchdown. You know, whatever. He's fine. Same deal for Purdy. We've seen the Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard guys put up decent fantasy numbers in that San Francisco 49ers offense. They get to throw to Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, now McCaffrey. Um, you know, Jawan Jennings, pretty good third wide receiver. So Purdy, you know, again, I like, I shit, I'd probably start Brock Purdy next week. I don't even know who the 49ers play, but I'd probably start him over Deshaun Watson. And then Jared Goff is the number one waiver quarterback anywhere where he is available. 
Moving to running back, uh, starting off on James Cook, he ran more routes than Singletary last week, played 56% of the Bills' snaps on offense. It does seem like finally they were just like, you know what, we're probably not going to win a Super Bowl with Devin Singletary playing all these snaps. It's time to get James Cook involved. 43% of the offensive snaps, 14 rushes, 6 targets, 6 receptions, and a 24-10 win. We'll see what ends up happening with Singletary's usage this week. Remember, they played on Thursday, so it was a short week for the Bills last week. Uh, Next up, Cam Akers. I actually think Akers has probably been dropped in a lot of competitive leagues. He handled 85% of the Rams' backfield touches last week, and and probably most importantly, the Rams didn't look completely stone dead on offense. They were able to get to 23 points, 17 rushes for 60 yards, two targets for Cam Akers in that game on 72% of the snaps. Pretty, pretty good. And, uh, you know, the Kyron Williams experiment, it's like whatever, Daryl Henderson, not on the team, Ronnie Rivers, not going to play, so Akers does need to be added in all 12-team leagues. Then the Seattle situation, so very bizarre. Kenneth Walker injures his ankle to start the game almost immediately. Travis Homer didn't play last week. DJ Dallas suffers an injury and is ruled doubtful, but then Tony Jones takes a crack and has to go get a concussion check, so they had to have... DJ Dallas, while doubtful, come back in and play instead of having Nick Ballore play at running back. Just a very weird spot. Assuming Kenneth Walker misses time, misses multiple weeks, I would have them ranked Homer, Dallas, Jones. But Homer might not play. Dallas might not play. I mean, Jones, I think, ended up passing the concussion protocol. I didn't see a definitive ruling on that. But I would pay, if your league does Wednesday waivers, I would pay big attention to the Seattle practice report on Wednesday afternoon. I'm bidding on Homer. I'm bidding on Dallas, like very minimal. Cause I don't think, you know, the, the Seattle backfield usage hasn't been that good. It's just that Walker and Penny are very good, but Homer and Dallas and Tony Jones, uh, none of those guys are really all that good. So I'm not expecting. And, and more importantly, I think it would be a timeshare. Like I think if all of these guys are healthy and Kenneth Walker is out next week, I would imagine that probably it's going to be a, a legit three-way split with Homer starting Dallas playing some third downs, and Tony Jones even getting some scraps as well. And then finally, a note on Jordan Mason. I was just really wrong last week. Um, He got all the running back two touches. Tyrion Davis-Price, I don't believe, subbed in on offense. Mason was the clear running back two. If Mason's still out there, he's a pretty strong handcuff ad. Uh, Not expecting to see Eli Mitchell. Tevin Coleman didn't get called up off the practice squad. So I think Mason is probably the running back two you want to own in San Francisco. Moving to wide receiver, DJ Shark and Jamison Williams for the Lions. Williams played less than five snaps on offense in his first week back, and Shark continues to be really the only guy who's targeted deep in the Lions offense. He played 84% of the snaps against Jacksonville, six targets, five receptions, five targets the week before against Buffalo, and then week 11 was his first game back from injury. But then looking at his usage from the three games before he went on IR, 81%, 81%, 66%, 79% of the snaps. I mean, he does have a very good role. They play the awful Minnesota defense, then they play the Jets, then they play the Panthers, and these are real meaningful games for the Detroit Lions. They are still drawing pretty live to make the playoffs, especially if they win that game against the Vikings. So definitely adding some shark, $1 on Jameson Williams. I'm going to mention Nico Collins. I'm not adding him in any format. He saw 10 targets last week, but... um. Just really uninspiring. Kyle Allen's awful. Maybe a little bit better than Davis Mills. I don't really know. I just don't... I I think the most important thing is he doesn't seem to have a really strong floor. 
because the offense is so bad. But he also doesn't really have that big of a ceiling because it's not like he's getting the crazy amount of targets and usage that Brandon Cooks was. I'm just not really that into it. Next up, we have Elijah Moore, who has really regained a strong role in this Jets offense the last two weeks. Saw six targets this last week on 68% of snaps, ran a route on 75% of dropbacks, and I think Eli, I think Elijah Moore is pretty good, so I'm adding him over guys like Nico Collins. Van Jefferson, you know, I mean, he's pretty much playing every single snap. He is the, uh, you know, he's just the last guy left in that room. He literally played 100% of snaps against Seattle, four targets, two receptions, 39 yards, did score a touchdown the week before on 87% of the snaps against Kansas City. Take it for what it's worth. Demarcus Robinson has a 20% target share in games without Rashad Bateman in the lineup this year and pulled in 25% of the targets last week when Tyler Huntley subbed in for Lamar Jackson. You can definitely do worse, I think, than Robinson, especially because he could always, you know, he he is... Deshaun Jackson is running more of the deep routes, but Robinson in his usage in Oakland and... I get, was he Oakland or Las Vegas? One of the two. When he was a Raider... And when he was on a when it, when he was a chief, he ran routes deeper down the field. And then uh, speaking of the Chiefs, McCall Hardman is eligible to come off the IR next week. He suffered that abdominal injury, so it's unclear you know how long it's going to take for him to get back. But probably most importantly, Sky Moore and Justin Watson, neither of them have like uh, played well enough to demand that Hardman doesn't get back in the lineup. So I think Hardman is a pretty good add at this point. Uh, finally, moving to tight end, we have Chig Okongwa with Traylon Burks injured mid-game last week. Chig saw a season high in targets, routes, and snaps. He's basically, you know, I mean, he's in that vein of young athletic tight ends. We always run a roster of these guys in fantasy. We, we were pretty intrigued for Dynasty when the Titans took him. You know, remember how they used to use, uh, you know, Johnny Smith. The Titans are just really bereft of weapons on offense. They, you know, they want to win games. They want to get a better seed in the playoffs. Um, and they've been giving snaps to just nobodies. You know, Nick Westbrook-Akine, Cody Hollister, Jeff Swaim. I just don't really see any reason why Chig shouldn't have a larger role in the offense, especially if Burks is going to miss time with this head injury. Hunter Henry, 78% of the Patriots dropbacks uh, for the last three weeks. Um, it's really all I got. I don't think he's very good, and I don't think the Patriots offense is very good. And then finally, Daniel Bellinger came back from injury with an insane 97% snap share, saw five targets, caught all of them. Uh, we noted on this show that... Um, Oh, what's his name? Lawrence Cager had really strong usage in this role, and uh, Tanner Hudson had pretty strong usage in that role, but they like Bellinger more than those guys. I mean, obviously, a 97% snap share, and then they waived Lawrence Cager. So I think, and, and Wondell Robinson's out, Kenny Galladay's injured, like it's all... Um, it's all it's all messed up for the Giants, and they are, are drawing much thinner to make the playoffs after... Um, after that tie against the Commanders, they really needed that win. They are in the seven seed right now. They're trailing the Seahawks, but they could get caught by the Lions. I mean, they could get caught by the Commanders. They're way behind the Cowboys. They they really have to push in these next couple games against the Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. So we'll see how um we'll see how that ends up going. But I don't think that it's going to go particularly well for them. But I am going to be adding Bellager in some of these spots. So hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful. Uh, wish you guys good luck on the waivers. Wish you guys good luck in your playoff run. And I'll see you back on Thursday.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.